I know you're ready. You've got this. Let's tweak the car's performance for the next one. Play it day one with Game Pass. You are in this race. Get in the fight. Yes, sir. What are we gonna do? What are we gonna do? Oh, shut up! I'm not missing my race. Don't crib in my dad's car. Yes, we're not going to jail! <laughs> oh crap. Listen, son, you think you're going to play a stupid video game about cars and you're going to become a race car driver? All I ever wanted to do is be a racer. I'm doing it. The ten of you are the best Gran Turismo players in the world. Now is your chance to race real cars. This is insane. It's not going to work. The guys who race are elite athletes. Your kids are scrawny little gamer kids. That's where you come in. Hmm. So you think you can do the impossible. I'm here to prove that you can't. You get tired, you get sloppy, you get sloppy, you get hurt, and you lose races! <laughs> you puked on my lawn. I know what I'm doing. I'm not afraid. I've raced this track a thousand times in the game. Let me drive it my way. That was actually pretty great. We have a newcomer this year. His presence is shaking the foundation of the sport. This is the major leagues. The other drivers, your pit crew, are going to hate you. Much easier with a joystick, isn't it? <laughs> I can't see anything! I'm not sure if I can do this. Most people can't. I got a feeling you're not most people. If I lose... I lose more than just a race. So I'm not gonna quit. You've gotta prove to everyone that you belong. You've raced it, what, like a thousand times? Now you just gotta do it in real life. Gran Turismo, based on a true story. But I won't stop now. Hi, I'm Ryan Blee, a third-generation race car driver, and we dedicate a lot of our time to going as fast as possible. But when my grandpa was diagnosed with Alzheimer's, it was a very unexpected bump in the road for us. 
It's important to notice if older family members are acting differently, experiencing problems with their memory, or having trouble with routine tasks. Early detection of Alzheimer's can give your family time to explore support services, make a plan for the future, and access available treatments. If you or your family are noticing changes, it could be Alzheimer's. Talk about seeing a doctor together. Hey guys, this is Matt Hagen, three-time funny car world champion, and you're watching Drafting the Circus. performance for the next one. You are in this race! Hi, I'm Ryan Blaney, a third generation race car driver, and we dedicate a lot of our time to going as fast as possible. But hey guys, this is Matt Hagen, three-time funny car world champion, and you're watching Drafting the Circuit. We see Green here in Nashville, McLaughlin at the front, but look at Colton Herter. He's diving hard on the inside. Pato Award with the point, but Colton Hurd is going to force it in on Alex Pillow. He knows he can take advantage of the championship leader. I saw Linus Lundquist getting beat up a little bit there, pushed around as the new guy, but everyone for turn nine. Look at them, two and three wide tire smoke in the back, side by side. Alex Pillow and Romain Grosjean. David Malukas is up to fourth. What a start from the Dale Coyne HMD racer. And now Christian Lungard, the winner at Toronto in the black and red 45 back there. He's getting racy. Newgarden and Kirkwood side by side into turn one here. Kirkwood's going to have to give that position up as they file through that tight chicane. The day has come to a premature end for David Malukas. You can see the rear wing obviously no longer attached. It just failed, it looks like. Well, looked like the uprights had collapsed on top of the carbon attenuator. Let's show you the restart. It was pretty wild. Contact oh. between O'Ward and McLaughlin. Herder in the black and yellow Gamebridge car. Here comes Grosjean up the inside. It was a mad scramble. And then watch that black and yellow Gamebridge car. There goes Kyle Kirkwood, I believe. And now Colton Herda forced to the outside again. He loses five, six positions on this restart. Now he comes down to turn one. He's going to try to make up for it. Oh, whoa, almost a touch there. 
at over 170 miles an hour. Dixon, as we said earlier, in his 318th consecutive start. This run goes back almost 20 years. Here comes McLaughlin. Look at this, side by side with Romain Grosjean at 170 plus miles an hour. Into the braking zone, Grosjean hangs tough. No, monsieur, not right now. Grosjean holding him off. Situation perfect right now for Pelot, except McLaughlin. And just waiting on the show fuel, and now he leaves. And yeah, that was a full, full fill. They were waiting on the fuel there because they had to get all 18 and a half gallons of fuel in. Uh -oh. Devlin Francesco on turn oh. nine. He said huge if it goes yellow. It did not. Could have been big for Pelot right there. Could have been a huge swing for Pelot. Here comes Scotty Mack. He's had several lunges at Grosjean, but the Frenchman has hung tough. Whoa, he gets out of shape. Opens it up for McLaughlin. There's an inside opportunity for the Dex Imaging Chevy, and he gets him. As this side-by-side -side action, Rossi, VK, uh -oh, uh -oh. elbows out. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Big Oh, That could have been ugly, and Will Power says, thanks, I'll take two positions off you. Hey, look at this, look at this, Kyle Kirkwood, and there is the blue and white of Alex Pillow. The 10 is on hot tires as Kirkwood comes out of the pits. The race at the front is on, and the pressure is on the 33s. McLaughlin with one more lap, it was all on that in lap to make up the difference. Let's watch the race in the blend. Oh, look at Pillow. Pelot's down into turn one. Where's Scotty Mack? He comes out behind Kirkwood. Kirkwood's still in front. So McLaughlin in between Pelot and Kyle Kirkwood. Oh, no, oh. we have trouble. Linus Lundquist. Guys, this is a huge break for Alex Pelot. Oh, ju I mean, just That's the brutal. smallest misplacement of the car. No, oh. no, no, no. I'm so sorry. That could have happened to any, anyone, man. That was such well. a small mistake. Another car has also had contact. That's the 30 of Jack Harvey. Let's go back to racing here in Nashville. Look at the marbles firing off the Firestone tires. They go single file, but it's going to get lock up crazy. As soon as the green is called, you can pass. You see up at the top of your screen in 10, a bit of cars getting side by side here into 11. That's Marcus Armstrong defending in the green car. Great work. Grosjean. Kyle Kirkwood, Grosjean's pressing. There's Erickson. Four cars have crashed at the very back. Ryan Hunter Ray, at least one arrow McLaren. Whoa, 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 whoa. Benjamin and Peterson. Felix Rosenquist. Canapino. Canapino. Herta goes around. There's Hunter Ray. Nothing wrong there. Oh, Felix just, Felix went in deep. Canapino went in deep. P Peterson went in deep. Kirkwood with a great restart, as he did the time before. Look at Newgarden. Newgarden just got into the back of Alex Pillow. It was a kiss, but it was enough to say, I'm here. Try and unsettle him. Elio Castro Neves and Will Power right there. Callum Eilat, also Graham Rahal. Now Power on the outside of Castro Neves. I'm not sure that's going to work with how slippery that corner is. He's going to have to give it up. Eilat all sideways coming off 11. Augustine Canapino stuck in the barriers in turn one. Still green for the moment. McLaughlin saying this is history repeating. I can't believe it because he's looking at the back of Kyle Kirkwood, who wins in Nashville, winner, Tennessee. Winner. Nashville hot chicken dinner, buddy. Good job. Kirkwood. 
Come on, great strategy, great pit stop. Ah, win number two of the year. Come on, boys, finish strong. Watch the Gallagher Grand Prix, Saturday, August 12th at 2 p.m. on USA Network. Good evening, race fans. Welcome to the Hoobazoo Radio Network and welcome to the Drafting the Circus program. My name is Frank Santoroski. I'll be your host for the next hour as we talk about this past weekend in racing and preview a pretty big weekend coming up. Um, joining me in the studio, Levi, Richard Uden. Fellas, how we doing? How's it going? Good evening. Good evening. All right. So first off, let's thank sponsors. Uh, Gran Turismo movie. That movie comes out on the 11th. So, uh, you know, after you... Uh, Watch some of the races on the 11th. Hop over to the movie theater. Uh, check that out. That we've been promoting that for a while. Uh, also, uh, um, Xbox and um, the new game comes out soon. Uh, Luis uh, Torres Multimedia. Luis cannot be with us tonight. Um, but, uh, you know, I, th- I believe he's in Disney World. I'd love to say he's, oh, yeah. at, uh, he, he's en route to Indy to go to the Brickyard, but uh, no, he's at Disney World. He's going to come back with some Mickey Mouse ears, so uh, <laughs> so good for him. I hope he has a good time. <laughs> and last but not least, uh, Alzheimer's Association, PSA. So um, thank you to all of our sponsors. Uh, so, guys, let's uh, let's dig into the uh, IndyCar race first. We have the highlights at the top of the show. We were back in Nashville on a street course. While we were there, we got a preview of what the track looks like for next year which is not remarkably different than the, than what it looks like now. Although the, uh, the bottom, the larger part of the course is going to be on the other end uh, of the straightaway. Uh, we're still going to utilize the uh, Korean war veterans bridge uh, drive up that bridge down. Um, the, the interesting thing is we're going to have the um, pit lane is going to be coming out of the hairpin uh, at the end of the, uh, at the end of the bridge. So that'll be, uh, you know, kind of, removed from the main part of the course and, and not there on a start finish line. So that'll be interesting to see. And it looks like they've got a looped pit lane as well. So that'll all be something uh, kind of different to get used to, but uh, pretty much you took the, um, uh, you know, the box part of the course away from uh, Nissan stadium and down right into downtown, right in the Broadway area of Nashville. So um, that should be a lot of fun. There's a couple of preview videos on the IndyCar site where you can get a look at uh what this track will look like from the uh, you know point of view of driving it, so it uh, looks like fun. But as far as this year's race, 
much cleaner than the uh, traditional national races have been in the past. Um, had a couple of wrecks, a couple of runners. Had a had a guy whose wing just fell off for no apparent reason. That being um, <laughs> David Malukas. David Malukas, who was uh, yeah, he was the guy was on fire and qualifying did great. You know, got him into the fast six. Uh, was looking for a good day, and that wing just got melted or what? I don't know. It just suddenly fell off the car and ended his day uh, prematurely. Um, but at the end of the day, it was Kyle Kirkwood yep. who uh, won earlier this uh, year at Long Beach. Um, great strategy call from his strategist, Brian Herta. And I said it before, I'll say it again. The key to winning at Andretti Autosport is to be the guy with Brian Herta on your pit box. Because it was Rossi for a while, it was Colton for a while, and now Brian is calling strategy for Kirkwood, and Kirkwood is the guy winning races now. Um, Scott McLaughlin, who won the pole, didn't make it easy on him. He was yeah. coming up on him quick. I think uh, a few more laps, um, McLaughlin might have you know, been a real handful for him. But, uh, yeah, at the end of the day, Kirkwood, great job to him. Uh, you know, second his second win of, of his career. Um and then the other bit of news there is uh, Linus Lundqvist, the Indy Lights champion from last year, who uh, a lot of folks were saying this guy should be in an Indy car. Well, he finally had a chance to be in an Indy car in a race. And he was quite impressive in qualifying. He really was. He made it into the Fast 12, uh, which is something that his teammates admire Shank Race and Simon Pagino and um, El Castro Nevis have not been able to do on a regular basis. Although his uh, his race was going pretty well, but he uh, unforced error, put him into yeah. the wall. You know, go high high in the marbles there. But uh, for a rookie debut, uh, middle of the season, um, not too shabby. And he's been asked to be in that car again next week as Simon Pagano continues to recover. So, Richard, you get a chance to watch uh, the Nashville race? Uh, yeah, I saw most of it. Yeah, it was, it was a good event. As you say, it was a little bit cleaner than uh, <laughs> than previous years. Uh, you know, it has the uh, been notorious at times for uh, some calamitous uh, driving, but you know they they seem to be getting used to it, and everybody was reasonably well behaved, and kept, you know kept everything pointing in the right direction. And uh, yeah, I thought on, on the whole it was a pretty uh, pretty pretty good race. And there was one one guy I did want to mention briefly, somebody that uh, you know I think Frank, you've been you've been reasonably vocally not critical, but. Uh, you know, commented on his uh, Stingray Rob, and he actually had uh, one of his best rides of the year last last, last weekend to uh, he, he certainly the top did, 20 yeah. anyway, which was, uh, you know, a, a really good achievement, solid result on a tricky track. Well, he, he was uh, running he at some the finish. Big running at the finish was something he's been, uh, you know, kind of lacking in that department. Yeah. So, yeah, great, great day for him. He's got, you know, although he finished, uh, you know, mid-pack, um, you know, he wasn't last. He wasn't out of the race. He wasn't watching the yeah. end of the race from the pit box. So uh, good day for him. And that's just, you know, more laughs of experience behind the behind the guy. Yep. Yep. And I remember when we talked to him at the beginning of the season, that was one of his keys to the to the season. This 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 year, he just wanted to get to finish races and put laps under his belt, you know. Um, so it was good. to It was good to see him finish the race. I think but with the other race that he might have finished was uh, Long Beach. Or no, uh, I think he had to be at one else. Yeah, St. Saint Pete. Uh, St. Pete, he dropped uh, really close to the end there. Yeah, but, yep, uh, he... but yeah, so, um, but yeah, good day for him and uh, good day for Alex Palou, yeah. who again, you know, manages to, uh, with things that are not going 100% perfectly, manage a good points finish, 
finished on the podium. He kept Joseph Newgarden behind him. Palou finished third. Newgarden finished fourth. Therefore, Palou extends his lead a little bit, right? But he didn't lose any points to Joseph, which is at this point with just, you know, four races remaining after today. That's, uh, you know, that's his goal. Just uh, keep Newgarden behind him. Increase that points lead. Yep. So, Lee, what were your other impressions of the of the event? I saw a redacted version of the race. Um, I was out of town this weekend and didn't get home until late Sunday night, but I did see a shortened version of it. It was uh, it was good. Um, it's, first thing I noticed about Nashville, this is my first time watching the Nashville race. That is a bumpy, bumpy, bumpy race course. Like it, they. I no wonder that it, the wing fell off the back of that car on like lap five because it was just bumpy. That was the yeah. first thing I noticed. The cars were just all over the place. They just were not very. Uh, yeah, it was not a smooth course. So hopefully next year with the new way, new layout, it'll be a uh, some of the bumps will be taken away. Um, but it was. It, I I thought all uh, the, there good. there may actually be more bumps next year. Yeah, because because <laughs> we're 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 going away from uh you know. Um, Nissan Stadium, the Titans' uh, parking lot, to yeah. right downtown where there's bound to be. Yeah. You know? <laughs> well, so. maybe and maybe in two years they'll do it at a drive-in movie theater where you have those really big humps, so the cars you know point up at the movie screen. So oh, that'll maybe, be fun. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, but I do, I do love the um, the trip across the bridge and back. Yeah, I that think was that's really one cool. of the one of the very unique things about that course, and I'm so glad that they are uh, holding on to that for next year. So. Um, yeah, so that being said, uh, nothing really changes uh, largely in a championship battle. You know, we're uh, Palou up top, 84 points behind New Garden, not too far behind Scott Dixon. And let's talk about Dixon and let's talk about power. You got two guys here with really long streaks of winning a race, at least one race every year. And there's only four races left, and both of these guys are winless right now. The last season Scott Dixon went winless was 2004. The last time Will Power went winless was 2006. Wow. Um, <clears throat> yeah, and of course, all streaks come to an end. But but these are two guys who are still reasonably at the top of their game. So it'd be you know it'd, it'd be just a little sad to see one or the other or or both potentially lose their streak. But uh, you know, then again, these are the two of the older guys in the series there. You know, uh, but who have been uh, you know perennial. Championship contenders. I mean, you know, Will Power won a championship as recently as this past season. Scott Dixon won a championship as recently as 2020. So these guys are still in the game. I mean, Dixon's right there third in points, you know. A couple of DNFs out of Palou. Watch uh, Dixon steal this thing from him because I wouldn't put it past Dixon for a second, although everybody's been calling the championship over since mid-Ohio. But, um, yeah, yeah. So, but Palou looks good. He looks solid. Um other other IndyCar news, uh, really no time frame on Simon Pagano's return. Um, this is where six races now. Um, and again, like I said, Linus Lundqvist is going to get that shot again. And he's done better than anybody in that car. He's done better than Simon yeah. Elio, better than uh, Tom Blumquist. He really didn't get a chance to show us anything because he was involved in a, and uh, better than Connor Daly. So, uh, but that's what this kid needs is um, some track time, some exposure. Uh, Cause he really, he's not uh, lined up with uh, any potential money to bring to the table, which is kind of why he's on the outside looking in this year. But if he can make a statement with a performance, like, you know what he did in qualifying, 
Um, I think he's going to be on somebody's radar next year. If not, remain right there in that seat. Yeah. All right. So coming up this weekend, we have IndyCar and NASCAR both converging at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, all running the road course. We've got Indy Lights and IndyCar and Xfinity and um, the Cup Series all running. So that being said, Richard, who do you like for the IndyCar winner at the Brickyard on the road course? Ooh. Let's go with Will Power to end that win, winless streak. Absolutely. Actually, Will has won more races out of the Indianapolis road course mm. than anybody else out there. So, thought he was up there. He likes good, it, doesn't he? He likes it. Yeah, it's a great course. I mean, the, this the particular course really lends itself to um, certain guys out there. Like uh, I, I remember a couple of years ago, Jack Hawk, Jack Hawksworth, who's a guy you work with, Richard, was uh, yep. just just fantastic uh, on that road course, um, and um, as as well as. Uh, Reese VK won a racer not that long ago. Palou won there last year. So, uh, yeah, there's certain guys. That I think Grosjean has won the pole there and got yeah. a couple of podiums. Couple so, of it things, is, yeah. yeah, it's, it's, you know, and it's, of course, um, um, who had the pole there early in the year? Uh, Lungard, yep. Yeah, Lungard would do well there too. Yeah. Lee, who, who, who are you leaning towards? Well, I was going to go with Scott Dixon because I want to see him get a W under his belt before the end of the season. But, uh, yeah, I'll stick with that. I mean, it, Richard and I will just have to duke it out for who gets the – Yeah, yeah, yeah. Both of you guys yeah. like to see that streak stay alive. Um, yeah. So. Me, I, you know, I'm going to say that Palou takes this one and just uh, wraps up the championship and puts a bow on it. Yep. And say, and say you know – have at it boys. Uh, but I'm taking this home, you know? Um, and again, he won there last year. It's a course that favors his style. Uh, and the guy, the guy just doesn't make a lot of mistakes, you know? So, but, but you got a lot of guys desperate for a win with the season winding down other than power and Dixon. You've got Pato Ward who would love to win a race this year. Alexander Rossi, who would love to prove, uh, that, that he still got it. You know, if you recall his last three years with Andretti were less than stellar. And so far at McLaren, he's shown flashes of being up front, but, uh, I, you know, he's never kind of been in a position to where he looked to be a sure winner, you know? I mean, you got also, you got on that list, you know, Colin Herter, who's oh, absolutely, yeah. clinging on by his fingernails to a top 10. I mean, do you, how many super license points do you get for coming 10th in the IndyCar series? Not many. <laughs> well, the thing about Herter is after this year, is the points he got for his third place finish drop off. Yeah. So he's so. he's gonna be even so I think right now he's currently what thirty two points short of a super license. He's gonna be closer gonna to better. he's gonna be closer to fifty points short at the end yeah. of this season. And we still, you know, want to talk about him in Formula One. They're not gonna they're not gonna bend the rules on a super license. That's not bending them, that's tying them in a the damn knot. Oh that or that's just saying, hey, let me uh, just take care of you because exactly. I mean I mean I'll agree and there probably needs to be a few more super license points for uh, IndyCar series. Oh, for sure. We've talked about this. Because, a of times, yeah, yeah, the thing is, yeah, Formula Two, you get the same amount of points for finishing first, second, and third. Mm -hmm. uh, IndyCar, you get the same amount of points for first, 
but then it's a declining scale after that. So, I mean, if you get 40 points for winning the IndyCar championship or 40 points for winning the Formula 2, why is second place in Formula 2 better than second place in Indy? It makes yeah. no sense other than so, that it, it just slants yeah. it towards the FIA guys. So. Of course it does. So, yeah. I, I don't know how I – mean, I know there's not a huge amount of uh, racing topics outside of IndyCar to discuss – Tonight, I just want to spend a couple of minutes on on this. Um, you know, we've obviously in the last few years we've had a lot of talk of, of guys like Colin Herther trying to get there, uh, Padua Ward trying to get into Formula One, uh, Alex Pillow trying to get into um, Formula One, yeah, Formula One as well. So, but you look at especially Alex Pillow and Rossi to a certain extent, they went through that ladder of FIA, the FIA ladder, Formula Three, Formula Two, and the like, and they didn't do enough then to get a drive in Formula One. Now they've come over to IndyCar, been, in Pelot's case, very successful. Uh, what, what, I guess my, my, my question is, what do you think is the issue with the Formula Two series that Pelot wasn't looked at straight away? Why did he have such a mediocre Formula Two career? Which I think I don't think he even won a race in Formula Two. I think even he's like what? What, what team was he aligned with? Was he aligned uh, with like a top team or was it? Uh, I, it's difficult. Okay, let me let me. Uh, I will hold that thought. But, <laughs> you know, um, obviously, you know, advantage Palou and IndyCar being with Chip Ganassi, right? Yeah, but what no. did what did Chip see that you know the the F one guys didn't? Uh, so who is within Formula Two? Uh, Campos, who were a competitor. He, he actually he only did four Formula Two races. He did two Formula Three seasons with Campos and finished tenth and fifteenth. And then in twenty seventeen, sort of you know b- bounced around a little bit in twenty seventeen. Did he was doing the supercar? The, the... Yeah, he did Formula Three point five. Um, and then he did a couple of Formula Two races with, you know, not much. And uh, the then Jap- he went back did, in. Did he do the Japanese series? Yeah. Then he went back into FIA Formula Three Europe, which is like the fourth or fifth tier. And then he came seventh in that championship without a win. And then um, did Super Formula in Japan, came third, and then jumped into uh, Ganassi or the Dale Coyne car anyway. And the Dale so Coyne car, yeah, which. So it, it does sort of, I, I wonder what, how that trajectory sort of is very flat and plateaued and then suddenly jumps when he gets into IndyCar. What did, now it could be that Chip Ganassi is just a, a great reader of talent and he's known about the guy for a while and when he became available, he picked it up. But, you know, it's sort of like you can question, well, if this guy's good enough to get back into Formula 1, then is, the, is Formula 2 not, the right feeder format because guys of that talent are passing through. Why is there this disconnect or, or you know, I'm just trying to sort of get yeah, a quick yeah. question. So, yeah. who, who was the last really successful, uh, you know, guy to come out of formula two? I mean, if you have, uh, let's have a look, um, you know, the, the, the past, uh, I mean, Leclerc's a past champion in there who's done all right, right. for himself. He's done okay, uh, yeah. Norris. George Russell's done okay for himself. Uh, Lando Norris has done all right. 
Mick Schumacher, um, Oscar Piastri, um, you know, so there's been a few that have, there's been a few handful that have done okay. Um, you know, obviously Nick DeVries and that's, you know. And then that kind of fizzled, yeah, so. Yeah. yeah. But it's, it, it's an interesting, you know, it, yeah, there's something, you know, there's that balance there. I wonder where that should sit naturally. I mean, the most successful guy at the moment is Paul Chair, and he's been in Formula or Formula Two for like two or three years now. So you know, where's that going for him? And Iwasa's in there as well. You know, there's a couple of names that have been around there for like three or four years now, and I'm just sort of treading water in the series. You know, you wonder why doesn't a Paul Chair or a uh, you know, I mean, Japanese. You know, Iwasa's a Japanese driver. Surely, you know, one of the Honda-backed IndyCar teams would jump at a chance to get a guy like that out there. Is there that much of a difference between Indy and Formula Two as far as I think they're very equi- similar equipment cars. goes? I mean, uh, I mean you obviously know, you have the oval racing, which is a new, you know, which would be a right. big learning curve. But I think probably in terms of raw lap time, it's probably not a huge difference. Yeah, you know, they're, they're, they're probably close, very, yeah. very, very, probably very, very, very <laughs> similar uh, machinery. Hmm. It's interesting, yeah. It, but when we talk about Palou, I you know, I, I honestly think a lot of that has to do with j- just maturing, and yeah. just oh, and just sure. and just like sometimes people take a little longer to figure it out, right? Yeah. Or you or you just need a great mentor, you know, like you know, maybe Chip Ganassi as a team owner, or Scott Dixon as a teammate, yeah. or Dar- Dario Franchitti as a driver's coach. You, you yeah. know, maybe maybe those are resources you didn't have to lean on in the FIA series, you know. True. So, but you get you get those guys in there, and listen. That's the thing about the IndyCar series is the mix of of guys that have been in there for for decades, and yeah. and, and new guys. Formula Two is all young guys. Yeah. So, I mean, you look at there's a couple of couple of current IndyCar drivers in Isla and uh, Lundgaard who are both multiple race winners in Formula Two. Um, so there is obviously you know some pedigree there that you know some of the you know team owners are obviously looking to pick up when available. Oh yeah, yeah. Lundgaard for sure has been uh, wonderful. You know, even with uh, a team that's struggling, uh, he's managed to you know win win a couple of polls and actually uh, yep. become an IndyCar race winner. Ilot looks really good for you know what he has to work with equipment wise. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's yeah, so uh, yeah, so good on them. The one thing I I I I notice, and this is again not the biggest, not the most diverse in indie racing and. In, you know, F2 and F1 and stuff. But I noticed with like, like F1 and F2, the, the mentality is a lot different. Like here in the States with IndyCar and stuff like that, if a driver wrecks or a car wrecks or something, it's almost celebrated a little bit, I guess. Like, Oh yeah, man. Yeah. There there are certain of Americans who cheer for the crashes, yeah. Yeah, I mean, NASCAR, you ask most NASCAR fans, and it's like, why do you watch, why do you like watching guys go around and turn turn left all day? It's like, oh, we're just waiting for the crash. You know, like, when it happens at Talladega and these big, big speedways, I mean, the crowd goes wild when there's 20, 30 cars in a pileup. So, like, the mentality here in the States is, oh, you wrecked, it's okay, we just got another car, we'll get, you know, next week, it's, it's different. But in, like, F1 and F2, like, that is from what I see, again, outsider looking in, 
that's unacceptable. Like you, like you don't want to damage your equipment and maybe that, I don't, I don't want to say that's, that's what's hindering these drivers, but there's, I, you know, racing here in the States. I mean, that whole taking care of your equipment is a, is a lot less. It's not, it's not at the top. It's not at the top of the priority list. It's We're definitely not on the top of, top of NASCAR. When, when they no, definitely not. You know, when they encourage, you know, boys yeah. have at it and they tell you rubbing is racing. Yeah. Hey, or Denny, go it. out there and smash Ross Chastain. We need ratings to go up this week. You know, so, some, somebody smash Ross Chastain. Yeah. Yeah. Some people will get that guy. Um, so Before I he gets you. Right. So I, I, I just to, you know, reading these stories, I mean, the the F1 and F2 series, they really do. They take care of their equipment and and not wrecking is more celebrated yeah. than here in the States where it's just the opposite. So I don't know if it's that mentality thing that, you know, you know, getting over to F2, they have to be more concerned with, hey, you can't wreck this car. It's not replaceable. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we can't so, just you know pop rivet new sheet metal on it next week. Right, yeah. right. Like, yeah, you you wreck a, an F one or an F two car. That's you know, it's millions and millions of dollars down the drain in an instant. Where a NASCAR, you know, the garage has got, you know, I I don't know how many how many cars are in the garages for most major teams, but I I know it's more than two, that's for sure. Yep. Um, at, at one point, I mean, it, there was a car in the garage at NASCAR for every track that they ran. You know, oh, I got a Daytona ride. I got a Talladega ride. I got a road course ride. I got a mile and a half ride. So, I, you know, I don't know. It might, I may be just talking out of my butt on this one, out of, way out of left field, but it just could be a mentality thing. Yeah, um, yeah. So, Well, I think in general, and, and I don't know if Rich is going to agree with me or not, I think in general, uh, Europeans have kind of a different, view on all sports in general than Americans do. Oh, without yeah, a doubt. And, and I think that, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, I, I think that, uh, uh, you know, as, as Americans, we're more for, uh, you know, cheering for our team and, and you know, enjoying mm -hmm. the calamity that falls on others uh, and those sort yeah. of things. But I think yep. uh, to, to uh, another extent, uh, I mean, there are Americans that take their sports pretty damn seriously, right? But I, nothing like some of these Europeans, especially soccer fans. Yeah. Or especially yeah. South American soccer fans. I mean, they'll, you know, somebody makes the wrong play, you might find the, the, the goalie murdered outside of a bar. Yeah. Right. And, <laughs> that's, <laughs> and that's, that's a true story. But yep. Uh, yep. yeah. And um, yeah. So I just think just the view on sport is uh, in America, we want to, we, we want to just have fun watching it. Okay. I, and I think Europeans want to see, the gameplay to perfection. Does that sound sort of accurate, Richard? Yeah, you're not a million miles away. The, uh, I, th I think, you know, the, the sometimes I've been to, uh, you know, sporting events, both in the UK and the US, that cover similar sport, and the crowd reaction and interaction is, is, is very, very different. You know, like, I, I've been to more soccer games back home than I care to remember. I've been to a couple over here in the US and the crowd reaction, what the crowd cheer at and what they get excited about and what they react to is just very different. You know, there'll be this amazing piece of skill and nobody says anything. And then there'll be something else that is so mundane and non-relevant to the, the outcome of the game and everybody's cheering. I'm like, what the hell are you guys doing? <laughs> you know, but it, it is, it's just a, there's that different mentality and that different way of looking at things for sure. 
Yep. Yeah, I mean, what what gets Americans riled up at a hockey game? Yeah, fight. The, the goal or yeah. the fight. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, and I don't want to take anything uh, away from American sports fans because I happen to be one. So, <laughs> yeah. Guilty as charged. Any, anyway, so uh, speaking of a more American sports fans and uh, uh, and, and NASCAR is enjoying the ride, that's a good transition. Good segue into talking about the NASCAR news and the NASCAR weekend. NASCAR was, um, gosh, I forgot where we raced. Oh, uh, Michigan. Yep, Brooklyn, another, Michigan. Another, another Monday race. Yep. I, I tell you, it's, it's this is like, what, three in a row? We're watching them on Monday? Or cover several, right? I just know uh, the bar I own and run. There's a, I got a guy named Larry. I guarantee every Monday. He'll come on, and I'll, I'll say, Larry, I, I got you covered, because he'll say, oh, the NASCAR race is going to be on the USA, but it won't be on the guide, because it's going to rain down. Yes, I said, Larry, I already have a program for you to watch. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, but anyway, um, when we finally got the uh, Michigan race run and done, it was Chris Buescher, two in a row for Buescher, two in a row for RFK Racing. Um, oh. And literally, they look like the best Ford team right now. Don't you think, Richard? Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They're they're giving it to Penske quite comfortably at the moment, aren't they? Yeah, they've been uh, oppressive. And Stuart has, you know, Stuart hasn't been poor all year in reality. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Penske um, started started out pretty well. Legato yeah, Lugano's won a couple, couple hasn't he? And uh, uh, did, didn't it, Blaney, but... Blaney sneak one in early? Yeah, I think Blaney's nicked one there, hasn't he? Yeah, uh, Atlanta and, was it? Tim Cindric disappeared off the face of the earth after winning the Daytona 500 a couple of years ago. So I'm, yeah. sure, I'm sure he's still around somewhere. 23rd or 24th place, but uh, yeah, Austin Cindric, you mean, huh? Austin, what did I call him? Tim Cindric, he called him his dad, Tim, yeah. Oh, yeah, well, his dad is laying low because his son's doing poorly. (laughs) (laughs) Tim, Tim Cindric's been at the IndyCar races, yeah, 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 calling strategy for Joseph Newgarden, who's doing okay. So, (laughs) ow, yeah, you know, yeah, you're right, true story, true story, you're not wrong. Yeah, the RFK guys—they've—they've uh, they've got it together, and they're—they're uh, they're executing pretty well right now. And uh, they probably didn't have the fastest car um, at the weekend at Michigan, but they—they they managed to get it done. And uh, you know, you got to give them credit there. You know, they—they they held off, you know, Martin Truex Jr., who was incredibly fast all weekend. And uh, you know, that takes some doing to hold off Martin when he's in that sort of uh, form. And uh, you know, he had a. Had a chance to make a pass to the lead with about twenty to go, and just got a little bit squirrely and a little bit loose. And uh, yeah, Busher took, excuse me, Busher took advantage of that and um, held it together. Uh, you know, obviously a rain delayed race as well, uh, as you mentioned. Um, the the most unfortunate guys I think out there in the whole field were the uh, forty eight and the twenty four guys. I think it was because um, they weren't able to get a flight back Monday nights or Sunday nights, so they had to stay there. <laughs> until Monday afternoon with the rest of the Hendrick guys, uh, you know, watching everybody else race while they were playing, you know, 50-card pickup in the back of the Bottle, hall or yeah. whatever it was. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, and, and, you know, poor old Chase Elliott, he is, uh, he, he's, he's in danger of missing the playoffs. Yeah. Yep. He's, if he doesn't win something the next two, three races. Uh, three races know, to go, isn't it? I believe so, yep. Yeah. So, RFK, uh, RFK is starting to come to, lo- I mean, they've, RFK's kind of had a eh, so-so of a season, but yeah, they have, they, they've had a little flash of the brilliance here yep. and there. But uh, they have but, really, but yeah, lately, boom, yeah. yeah, and their timing is impeccable. Like this, when you're when you're peaking and you want to hit that, you start hitting your stride. Their RFK's doing it. Like they, 
they're putting themselves in prime time for this championship run. And I, I would not be surprised, you know, uh, whether Kozlowski, you know, he, he chalks up a couple, you know, wins here in the last two rate, last three races, he might pull one out and that would really put them in a great position. going. Yeah, well, Kozlowski's right? um, rather safe in the playoffs right now. On points. Yeah, on points. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kozlowski yeah. so, yeah. and Harvick, aren't they? The two that look locked in on points. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So the, those those are two guys who are perennially in the in the in the in the playoffs. And it'd be, it'd be a shame to see Harvick miss the playoffs in his uh, farewell season. Uh, yeah. Although I, I I noticed a lot of NASCAR drivers are like the band Kiss, and when they retire, they don't really retire. You know, well, I'm sure we'll see Harvick somewhere racing something occasionally. Even you know, even you still see Dale Jr. occasionally pop up in an Xfinity race, right? Yeah. Every every now and again. You, this year, I think. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, these these guys that they never really go away. They never really get out of their blood. You know, we've seen you know Carl Carl Edwards come back and Matt Kenseth come back. So, uh, yeah. So, um, but uh, so let's talk about the off track news. Um, Noah Gregson suspended from uh, the Legacy team for uh, liking a meme uh, that uh, poked fun at the George Floyd um, situation. Uh, and I guess this is was on Instagram or whatnot. It's it's happened a while back, but uh, you know the thing about anything on the internet, if somebody's looking up to dig up stuff on you, that stuff never goes away. You know, you yep. delete whatever you want. So uh, so just come back to bite him, and and they feel like uh, his actions were not in line with their values. And uh, what I want to do is, um, my, our producer Keith Hayes has asked to weigh in on this. Um, uh, with his opinion. So uh, with that being said, Keith, I'm just going to throw this over to you and, and you tell us where you're at and what you're thinking. And, and Keith, I think you may still be. Yeah, there, there you go. go. <laughs> there you go. There's Keith. thing one two three and i'm on with you guys and um, i'm not going to let you guys see my video i'm just going to give you my audio to speak on this and you know um i started this show many years ago with candace smith and uh ronnie Craig Payne. and i came on we started this show drafting the circuits i've been a fan of racing for a long time and i'm a black man um i grew up Watching monster trucks, demo derbies, truck and tractor pools. I remember my dad taking us to every truck and tractor pool that came to Foxborough. And, you know, there wasn't many people that looked like me at these. Um, I became a fan of racing in the late, like in the 80, 84 year. Um, I used to watch a lot of the salt flat races years ago on worldwide, uh, worldwide sports. Um, became a fan of stock car, then I rock and then. Of course, NASCAR. Been a big fan, you know, and I've put up with a lot of crap and things that go on. When I saw the Noor story, one of the things I looked at was was how it was responded to. Now, I've been in a lot of groups, a lot of NASCAR groups, and you guys have shared and said a lot of things in the groups where people just say completely idiotic stuff. They don't care. Um, this thing with Noah here, they're talking about this one meme. Now, I've read up on this. I've done some looking around. I've done some checking. 
it wasn't just the one meme. NASCAR didn't suspend them indefinitely for liking an insensitive meme of the crab from SpongeBob seeing under the knee with George Floyd's face. The issue here is that NASCAR did their homework. They did a background check. They checked his social media history, and it's what turned up in their check of his social media history, which is why he was bounced. Um, yes, the press is putting it out there as this one meme. It's more than one meme. Um, the NASCAR has made it well clear that they're not putting up with any of this crap. Now, during COVID, I applauded NASCAR. When NASCAR came out and said that they were going to ban the use of the Confederate flag at all of their courses and tracks, I said, this was a ballsy move. And I applauded NASCAR because I said, you're alienating pretty much your biggest base of fans by doing this. And for NASCAR to step up and say, hey, we're going to back the Black Lives Matter movement, which was funny because I myself as a black man, I really didn't support the Black Lives Matter movement because I felt it was an, an activist thing that was originally is going to show that, you know, that there were money issues. And, and of course, it has shown that this was created as a money grab. Um, but NASCAR did the unthinkable. They, they, they turned their backs on their fan base. And you know what? We've seen it with events. You guys have talked about events where they've had hip-hop artists and people trying to perform. Um, they're reaching out. They're trying to appeal to a broader base to save their sport. Let's be real. They have to save their sport. And I've said this for many, many years. Get into the inner communities. Let these young black kids learn how to race. My son raced F1 for many, many years. Um, this thing with Noah, I get it. I get it. You know, they're saying it's an insensitive post. Yes, but when you read and you do your investigation and what they said, it wasn't just the one. There was other things. And here's my thing. I feel like NASCAR is putting the least worst out as what they're suspending him indefinitely before because I feel like the worst stuff is something that NASCAR doesn't need to show because then everybody's going to paint this picture that there's going to be a lot of drivers feeling the same way that he did. So I think they gave us the least worst of what he liked on his social history. And to be honest, I think from a PR standpoint for NASCAR and what they're trying to do, I think it's smart PR. I think it's the best thing to do is to put the weakest thing out there that he liked. Because if you got something that's a hundred times worse, guess what happens now? Now NASCAR has to answer to damage control. How many other drivers are liking stuff? How many, I, I think, I think this was the best move for them guys. All right. Thanks, Keith. I really appreciate that. And I know you didn't get to see Keith's video, but I just want to point out he's a fine looking gentleman. So, <laughs> so I want, I want, I want to get out there. I'm, I'm disappointed that y'all didn't get to see see him because I'm looking at him now. I'm like, God, I wish I looked that good. But anyway, so <laughs> yeah, yeah. But but to your point, yeah, because we we had this situation with Larson a couple years ago, right? And that 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 kind of you know he that cost him a whole year out of his career, but he was able to bounce back from that. But I don't feel like Larson goofing around with his friends, even though he's saying really insensitive words, was coming from a very malicious place. 
Now, if, you know, Gregson has, has these, this history of kind of jumping on those sort of things there. Yeah. But, but, but Keith, is it, is it NASCAR that suspended him? Uh, cause the, the news reports I read were that it was the team legacy motorsports suspended him. Yep. So, uh, but, but either way, I think it's both. Yeah. Legacy started off. They suspended him. And, uh, I think for the remainder of the season for his actions and then NASCAR, um, immediately no i think legacy i think might have been two races or something and then nascar came right on the back on the heels of what uh legacy motorsport said and said word you're just not gonna be able to race the rest of the season for uh you, you know conduct that affects nascar as a whole um so i originally think 40 the legacy motorsport started off with like a a two race suspension if my memory serves me right and then nascar stepped it up so oh, yeah, that's probably what nascar did uh did some more digging yeah and they said, yeah, this, this, we, we don't need this guy in the sport. So, uh, yeah. you know, but again, it just goes to show you that, you know, social media, if you're in the public eye is, can be a blessing, but a biggest curse. You know what I mean? Somebody, yeah. somebody had once said, you know, to a celebrity being drunk on Twitter is like putting a gun to your head and been playing Russian roulette. Cause you, you say the wrong thing. Heck, you know, you're, you're out of work the next day. So, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and I mean, it doesn't. Uh, this is not to say that uh, I condone anything he said at all. But I mean, if you think that that's well and good, that's your problem. Keep it to yourself. Keep it to yourself. But you know, but at, at the end of the day, you know, we should all learn to treat one another better. So anyway, the whole long and short of the Noah Gregson situation is that a guy that you work with, Richard Mike Rockefeller. Is going to be in that car. Yep. So, and you've uh, you've worked with him, and this is a guy with a sports car background. Yep. So, in essence, going to Indianapolis, this is another road course ringer, um, and and I believe we've got a total of four of them that are going to be we in the race because yeah. we've got uh, Brody Kostecki. Yep. Um, we've got us, yeah. Shane, Shane Van Ginsbergen will be back, uh, and again, and then uh, Kami Kobayashi. Yeah, from twenty three eleven, and he was Kobayashi in a, in a is today. is a standout driver. That guy oh, is a lot of Americans haven't heard of him, but yeah. but in the you know the WEC yes. and the Le Mans, I saw, that, I saw your uh, social media comment on that one, Frank. Yes, <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, somebody wanted to say that uh, literally this, uh, and again, it's another idiotic thing. Like, uh, but this guy said, "Oh, that's some diversity BS," right? And I just said, hey, look, a, a highly um, skilled and highly accomplished driver coming from another discipline uh, is a whole different than a diversity initiative, right? Yeah. And I haven't told the guys. And, and, yeah, so. You know, looking at the bigger picture, we, we, Kamui is actually um, the Toyota and Lexus sports car brand leader almost. He has the direct ear of the board in Japan on all things um, sports car related. So, you know, he, he is a big player in the Toyota brand. Um, and I'm sure there's plenty of people out there don't care for Toyota being in NASCAR. That's another story. Oh, yeah. um, and, you know, for, for Kamui to, to show this interest and to, and, and he isn't just rocking up and, and, you know, doing a few laps and seeing what it's like, you know, 
He he drove in a you know a test a few weeks ago to get customized with the car and the team. He was in Chicago a few weeks ago for the race to be embedded with the team and you know work with the engineers he'll be working with. Almost did a you know a, a shadow weekend if you like, as if he was going through that process and doing the debriefs and doing everything like that. Um, you know he's been in he was in the simulator this morning with Toyota as, as all these drivers are. Uh, but you know he's uh, you know he's really putting the effort in and taking this very very seriously because he's one of those sort of guys who he's not going to do something half-assed and and make a you know um, a, a meal of it and you know we, we mentioned Jack Hawksworth earlier in the show he actually uh, Camille replaced Jack in the Lexus GT3 program last year when Jack broke his ankle so you know he's very active still a, a fantastically talented driver at the top of his game and. You know, people should genuinely be excited to see somebody like that come into the sport. Absolutely, and, yeah. And, you know, and compete on this level. Um, you know, you, you mentioned some of those names earlier as people that are coming across. You've also got Jensen Button as well, r- driving for Rick Ware. Is um, he racing at Indy this weekend? Yeah, so I think oh Jensen's Oh, my gosh, we've got, we've, got, we've got a bunch of... Uh... It's five or six special, yeah. specialty um, road course races, so... You know, and it's different, and then this is no disrespect. This is very different from the Boris said days. You know, <laughs> this yeah. is this is um, you know these guys are, are true professionals who will. And it's not no disrespect to Boris. Um, <laughs> I know he's a big listener, but uh, you know he. You know these guys are are, are you know multiple discipline champions in their series. You know you've got. Formula One World Championships, Australian V8 champions, Bathurst winners, Le Mans winners in Kamui, um, you know, DTM drivers, you know, guys that have, have throughout the world um, <coughs> shown off talents that, I mean, they should be, you know, NASCAR fans should be lauding this year, should be lapping this up with every ounce of enthusiasm that they can find. To have these guys go toe-to-toe with the cup guys, it's it's phenomenal, and uh, I, I hate it when people are, you know, disrespecting that and, and not. Yeah, or they or they want to trivia, trivialize it. Yeah, or I'm like, yeah, you know, I mean, Kobe Ashika, a Le Mans winner, coming over to to run a cup yeah. race. That's a big deal on yeah. an international stage. It really is. Oh yeah, I mean, when you had, you know, last year you had Kimi Raikkonen drive a couple of races. You had Danny Kvyat drive some races. You know, Jensen's driven. So I mean, it's. Uh, that 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 shows the strength of NASCAR that these guys wanted to come and do this. And so yeah, they're going to come. They are coming to do this because they're road courses. I don't think for one minute you'd get, you know, um, Camus Jen- doing the Daytona 500 or Jensen turning around and doing, you know, a, a race at Martinsville. You know, yeah. or the Bristol Dirt. To, yeah, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, SVG is leaving. SVG's leaving supercars next season at the end of this season. To come here to race NASCAR, yeah, not just a limited series. Like he's coming for the whole thing. Yeah, and I think that a lot of that's actually to do with his age because he's only in his early thirties. So, you know, he obviously has a lot more potential to do that. You know, and learn those disciplines. Whereas the the other guys, and you know, this is obviously one of the caveats to what we're discussing here. They are at the end of their careers. They're not full time drivers in any series, so it's a bit of a, you know, a, a, a sort of. It's a bit of fun for them, and it's an opportunity for them sure, to explore yeah. the categories. But again, these guys, their preparation is some of these guys. You know, some of them, their preparation is probably more 
disciplined and professional than a lot of the regular cup guys, just at the level that they're used to working at. Yeah. So, yeah, how long till we see Alonzo win a cup race? I, I mean, the, the, here's a guy who's kind of out. Here's a guy who's yeah, branched out a lot, race. tried a lot of different things. So he drove the Johnson's that, Cup car, didn't he, in Bahrain? Uh, yes, he did, didn't he? Didn't so, he? Yeah. So, but let's um, let's let's uh, to take a second, I want to ask you because we had, uh, you know, back in the '90s, right? They were like like road course ringers were were the thing. You had road course ringers yeah. every road, and you had yep. guys that would just sit out those races, you know, that Sterling Marlins, your Jimmy Spencer, they just say, just put uh, Ron Fellows in the car for me this week and put yeah. Borset in there, right? Robbie Gordon or Bor- yeah, Borset or... Borset, yeah. yeah. Um, yep. But but now you're seeing um, uh, a, a resurgence of road course ringers coming over. Uh, and, and I wonder how much of that is due to the fact that the, uh, the current NASCAR chassis is more similar to uh, a sports car that because we talked about with this uh, when Van Ginsburg won in Chicago, that 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 it really wasn't a, a steep transition to learn that car because it actually is pretty similar to the Australian V8 supercar. But if he had come over five years ago, I uh, it, it'd be a different story. Yeah. yeah. But now, so so I think that the car has made it palatable for these guys to say. Hey, let me let me try this, and of course, you know, Van Ginsburg and winning a race makes a lot of guys say, "Hey, let me see if I can do that." Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think the I, I I don't think they're necessarily road course ringers. I think they're experienced road course drivers that are entering a NASCAR race. I don't think they're replacing an existing driver per se. No, uh, well, know, other yeah. than Rockefeller. Well, but yeah, that's yeah. a different situation. Yeah, that's yeah. That, that's yeah, not so I don't a, think the. I don't think they're, um, you know, doing that in, as I say, and I, I, I've got a funny Boris said story for you in a minute, but. Um, <laughs> hey, Boris said was on the show in 2014. Great guy. For, I, I did great guy, yeah. Him once, and he's yeah, a fantastic guy. But, you know, the, I don't think these are ringers. These are just, as I say, experienced road course racers that have a unique skill set that um, they can put into practice here. And, and I know that, you know, even for, even for some of the more experienced cup drivers, having these guys around is a is a benefit huge. to them. And I, I know huge. That, you know, in a lot of, I'm sure every manufacturer has their um, sports car guys. You know, do driver training, especially with some of their younger truck series guys and Xfinity series guys. You know, they'll they'll show them the ropes and give them training because now in the cup series, what do you have? You got six or seven road courses now. Um, including road courses in the chase and the playoffs. So you need to be a competent road course racer. You know, I can't think, you know, in, in the last three or four years, all the champions have been competent road course racers and have decent road course results. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, True, Truex is great in road courses. Elliot, Elliot is great. Yep, uh, Byron's good. Lugano's not bad on road there. courses, yeah. I think Joey's probably not the greatest road course yeah. racer in the world. Kyle, uh, Kyle Busch has done pretty well in the road courses. Yeah. Yeah. So, yep. So you know, it, it, it's 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 part of the sport now, and for these guys to have the opportunity to be exposed to them, I think it's uh, I think it's great. I think it's really really good. Um, but, yeah. but quickly, my 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 Boris said story quickly before we we move on. Yes, I please, please. It, I love Boris said stories. I believe it was Watkins Glen. 
And I believe Tony Stewart was driving and he was unwell during the race. And halfway through the race, he said, hey, guys, I'm struggling to finish here. You know, I'm not I'm, I'm not doing good. So I said, Dory, Tony, keep going. We'll sort something out. So they come back five laps later, they come back, Tony, Tony, next pit stop, we've got a relief driver. You jump out the car, we've got another guy to jump in, he'll finish the race for you. Don't worry about it. Next pit stop, we'll do the dodges. Oh, great, great. Who is it? So we've got Boris Sedlander. He said, in no uncertain terms, I'm not that sick. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Oh, poor Boris. Oh, man. So Yes, no. um, But yeah, I think it's great. I'm really looking forward to this weekend to see what they can do. Yeah. So now, now Mike Rockefeller, he's uh, he's with the Lexus program, correct? No. 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 Okay. What program is he with? Who am I confusing him with? I think he was with DTM, wasn't he? Okay. All right. I don't know why I was thinking he was a Toyota guy, and then that the since Legacy's moving to Toyota next year, I was making a connection that isn't really there. So, uh, yeah. So don't listen to me. No, Rockefeller was uh, he won a Le Mans this year, did he not? Uh, he wasn't he the guy that did the no NASCAR? he did the, he did the that's that's where it Irish is fifty six yes yes that's where he was yep I'm confusing my you know the older I get the easier it gets to do this so anyway anyway so Lee you care to make a pick for uh which Cup driver or guest Hello. driver wins at the uh, Brickyard this weekend. Um, I'm going to go with SVG because he had such a good outing last time he was here. And I actually, like, I know there was a lot of controversy around him when he won because they were like, oh, it's America's race weekend. And this foreigner came in and stole the race right out from other Americans and blah, 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 blah. I'd love for him to just turn it around and just pipe everybody down and win again just to shut us up. I mean, honestly, I mean, I'm talking about myself because I'm a, I'm a, you know, American, but I mean, I, the guy's got a super talent and, you know, I think if he's coming to NASCAR next year, this is going to be a great way for him to, to break the barn doors open on this one. So, um, yeah, I was, but my pick was going to be, um, Ginsbergen as well. And so, uh, if you, you want know, me to go with Kobayashi, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't have a problem going with Kobayashi either. I mean, I'd love to see I think Kobayashi going to have a good run. I do. Too. I, I, don't know that I'd pick him to win, but uh, you <laughs> never know. You never know. I mean, 23 XI puts together some good cars. They do. I mean, you know, Bubba had a great run at the Michigan before, uh, you know, kind of falling back. But, yeah, uh, yeah so let me go with, um, so if I if I pick Chase Elliott every week, will he eventually win a race? What if no, I, okay, what if I, hasn't okay. won anything yet. Yeah, there you go. So what if I say, um, Austin Cindric comes back from the dead <laughs> and wins the race, um, <laughs> just for fun. And and if he does, it's, it's probably a pretty big payout. <laughs> so, <laughs> did you did you win the lottery last night? I did not. I did not. Somebody <laughs> in Florida did. Oh, so, darn. All right. So uh, we got about six minutes left. Lee, um, NHRA. We've got. We're coming up on Topeka. Yep. It's coming weekend, but some other news regarding SP. Yeah. I'm gonna let you I'm gonna let you break that story. So we're in, we're at Heartland Motor Motorsports Park this weekend in Topeka, Kansas. Um and the news came out this week 
that um, the Shelby Corporation, which oversees the operations, there is um, it depends on how you read the story, uh, because Heartland Motorsports Park has more than just an NHRA track. It has a regular track as well. But um, there from what we can ascertain is that the NHRA track um, will be closed after this race. Um, my suspicions is the whole park is going to end up closing. Yeah, the other facility is pretty much a club track, correct? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so, I, so if they're talking the taxes that they're paying on the facility, yeah. there's there's no way that the uh, club yeah. track is generating enough funds to keep that open. So yeah. I would I, I would say this is probably goodbye to the entire facility, which yeah. is which is another. I think it's the third tra- third racetrack this year that's closing its doors. You know. Um, it's a travesty. It's terrible to see. I mean, Heartland has been around since uh, 1989 with the NHRA. They've host, uh, they've had a, an event there since 89. So it's a it's a well established park. It's a it's a good park. It, you know, it's a good racetrack. Um, you know, it's right in the heart heart of the country. So there's a lot of fans there, and it's just, you know, the taxes are just. Richard and I were looking before the show. I think it's what like fifteen hundred dollars a day that they got to pay in taxes for the. That place yeah half a, million, did, half a million a year right yeah that's just it's just bonkers to just you know land land is just so valuable that it's just you know it's pricing out pricing out sports like this and yeah it's 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 tough to see it go um yeah i i, I definitely don't like seeing it go so um yeah if you got a ticket for uh heart uh heartland park this weekend it'll you know, it'll be worth a gold mine because it's the last one. The last so. one, yeah. So, yep. uh, any 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 word on replacement for next year or uh, this? Yeah, I mean, this just this came news out. Just, yeah, just came broke out, right? Monday. Yeah. yeah, broke Monday. Wow. So there's there's really and it, it's another one. It's, the NHRA, we, you know, we have not. It, there's been no hints of it. It's just, you know, oh, we're closing after this race. Thanks for your business. Um, so I don't think that we're gonna. I don't think unless something happens between now and next season, somebody steps up and. And keeps it alive, like you know, like the Shelby family did, or the Shelby Foundation. I don't think we're going to see uh, see it back on the map anytime soon. So, yeah, yeah, that's a bummer, man. Yeah, that'll yeah, that place disappointment. Will be, uh, it'll be a, a subdivision or a shopping mall, or yeah, you know, yep. unfortunately, it, it, it'll go the way of like Riverside, Bridgehampton, and some of these other great American racetracks that are just no longer there. Yeah, Chicago Motor Speedway in Cicero is now a giant Walmart. Yeah, you know, and it's probably be you know by next who knows by the end of the year it could be an Amazon distribution facility. You know. I say that's that's who knows that's what Kentucky Speedway is now. Yeah, it's, it's uh, half of its uh, storage lot for for Fords, and the other half is Amazon uh, facility, and the yep. and they're they're actually making more money than they ever did hosting NASCAR. Or IndyCar, so uh, yeah. yeah, but but it's a shame that you have that purpose-built facility right right here in, in a great location, right? Yeah, it's midway between um, everything. Yeah, Indianapolis and Cincinnati. You know what I mean? It's uh, yeah. So, but uh, anyway, another track by the wayside. Sad news. All right, that takes us to the end of the show. So we are right at our white flag right now so uh richard you got enough time for one final comment on the day oh uh, 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 unless you wreck 
and then in which case we'll have to go into overtime, and then the next flag will end the race. Shut up, <laughs> uh, which, Let's write uh, an Indy car track. Then that doesn't yeah. happen. Which which race <laughs> is first this weekend? Is it IndyCar Saturday or Cup Saturday? Uh, IndyCar Saturday, followed Cup by Sunday. Xfinity, and then a Cup of Sunday. Yeah, the first yeah. race will be the um, uh, Indy Lights race. Yeah, which which I believe is actually Friday afternoon. Yeah, I was just saying it's um, a Friday afternoon, late afternoon. I man, think. that's that's Saturday ticket. Oh, fifty five dollars for the flex ticket. There's like four different grandstands you can grab a seat in, uh, not the uppers, the, the you know the lower half of the thing, or you can get any one of the view rides. Fifty five bucks, you're gonna get into a full Indy car race, a full Xfinity race, and a Cup practice session. You can't beat that. That's that's nope. that's got to be the best deal in motorsport out there aside from going to an nhra which if is you can another... find a track that's hosting it anymore yeah if they have a close <laughs> track so all right lee that's uh, if they can find a track that was your final comment because we are right at our checker flag so i want to thank keith hayes our producer for taking care of us making us look good i want to thank you lee i want to thank you richard i want to thank the gran turismo movie again that comes out august 11th Get out there and watch it. Looks like it's going to be good. Um, uh, evidently, some of the reviews coming out of uh, the UK are not great. But uh, again, uh, go see the movie. Make your own. Make your own mind up. Okay, you know some some people didn't like Star Wars when it came out. <laughs> go figure, right? So, uh, <laughs> also want to thank um, Xbox and uh, uh, Louise Torres. Louise, uh, we'll see you uh, next week. I hope. Um, and the Alzheimer's Association. Uh, but uh, I mostly want to thank you folks that tune in, listen to us on Facebook Live or YouTube or Spotify. Uh, those are all places you can find us. But until next week, good night. Thanks for watching Draft in the Circuits. Make sure to follow Draft in the Circuits on Facebook, Spotify, Twitter, and YouTube. Draft in the Circuits is a Coke Sinister One production.